Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie, and welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. It is Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. We're on another shortened schedule week while I'm traveling here in Palm Springs. We'll be here Wednesday through Friday at 3 o'clock Pacific in our special time for the uh, travels here, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Fortune. In just a couple of seconds, we'll be joined by my esteemed co-host, actor and writer, Mr. Craig Hurley. Uh, we do apologize for Friday. I was uh, unable to get cell service Friday and get into the show, so we're apologizing that we missed you Friday. All my bad on that. But we are excited to have you here today. Uh, give us a call over the next hour. Talk about whatever's on your mind, especially in the news of the day, politics, and pop culture, of course. Well, let's go ahead and stand up on my soapbox and get started talking. Welcome to the show, Mr. Craig Hurley. Craig, how are we doing, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm a little jealous. Over the mountain to you, it's only 82 degrees. I got 114 today here. So yeah, it is a little. It's a little warm all over the country. It's a little it warm. A little toasty. L.A. was actually not this bad really? last time I was there, so it's not bad where you're at right now. You have about 30 degrees on me, so I'm a little jealous. It's still warm. Right, right. How was your weekend, really my friend? We had a long weekend away since with this different schedule and our troubles on Friday. How you been? Uh, I'm freaking out a little bit because I, I get that way when Katie is out of town or away from me. So I feel like I've lost uh, my right arm. So I just feel like, you know, I don't yeah, because she's down in Mexico uh, currently um, uh, testing for a novella. So. Nice, nice. Like to hear that. Very cool. Well, you guys got to be used to that, though. You guys are actors in actors' life. You guys can be separated for days at a time, weeks at a time, sometimes. There are times when you do have to be separated, but Katie and I have managed to not be apart in our relationship. Not you know, like this will be another five days. Like we haven't been apart but five days in in our entire relationship of eight years. So, wow, that's surprising in that business. Yeah. So I just feel like I'm like I'm you know kind of just and, and there's only half of me here right now having a hard time sleeping having a hard time eating like i'm not doing either so that's not good not fun to call just chain smoking there you go what else is going on anything else exciting in that in your world no and had a couple of meetings on daylight sucks and uh things are looking okay there um people are talking about optioning it so uh that's a good thing it's 
especially with all this stuff that's on Netflix and Hulu. I mean, just everybody's got original programming, HBO. Right, right. So, so it'd be good. Well, very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, give us a call, guys. We've got about an hour here. 347-989-0126. Speaking of continual smoking, we have Nevada as the very first state in the country starting next year in 2020 where employers cannot refuse to hire a job applicant for failing a marijuana screening test. Makes it the first state to pass the law over Nevada there. It is unlawful for an employee in this state to fail or refuse to hire a prospective employee because the prospective employee submitted to a screening test and the results of the screening test indicate the presence of marijuana. So says the law. I would say, you know, that there are some jobs where you don't want somebody high on the job. Um, construction, uh, there, there are some jobs, you know, that you, you, you don't want that to be the case. Um, however, there are millions of people uh, in the United States that suffer from one ailment or another, and marijuana is the only cure for their ailments. So you can't stop somebody from, you know, at, at least applying for a job. And now you can't stop them, at least in Nevada. That's what they're saying, uh, you know, for if they if they fail a drug test, because they may right. be there are a few exceptions you know, like you said. The law doesn't apply to firefighters, EMTs, employees who operate a motor vehicle, or those right. who, in the determination of the employer, can adversely affect other people's safety. So there are yes, those exactly. To that. Yeah, safety. There needs to be right. safety concerns there, but uh, I know I know a whole bunch of people that they function a hell of a lot better on weed than off. So right. I'd rather see them on weed. Whole bunch of people. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's the first in the country to do it. Uh, I would expect these other states, such as Colorado, Washington, um, those to follow along suit. You would think uh, California. Any place that's been legal to recreationally use it, you would think they almost have to follow suit until they decriminalize it at the federal level, which they have been so slow in doing for some reason. A lot of people nah. call for it. It's, it that been, that, that's been a problem for the history of the United States. The Civil War, if you really look back on the history of it, was fought over hemp. It was fought over marijuana. It wasn't fought over cotton, and they needed somebody to continue to harvest their marijuana. The whole, whole South did. Hemp was all over the place. They used it for rope and and, and uh, clothing and paper and just everything. Um, so they they actually fought over that. And uh, didn't we learn um, from Chris that it's a, an individual state's right to you know, to put any law into effect that they want to, and then it's up to the federal government to put them in check and say no. And then also the same thing, it's up to each individual state to go after the federal government and keep them in check. So I think I think that's where I was going around to with that. Where did we start? Yeah, yeah well, we like I said, I'm missing half of me. <laughs> No, that makes sense. No, I think I think uh, you're right. Um, I think it is. I mean, it's tough. I I don't like. I understand the states' sovereignty things and the states' rights versus the federal rights. 
but then it gets into everything. Then we start going back to LGBT rights, and we start going back to abortion. Yep. We start going. We yep. start giving a state too much control. Then you have to, you have a hopscotch leap of actually rights for people. That is a little ridiculous. I think rights given to people or enabled to people need to be at a federal level. Um, rights. I, I just I just have a hard time with the states doing that. Well, it's good that Nevada is clearing that up because, like, you know, if you work at, I don't know, some grocery store, I don't want to mention any chains um, in case one is thinking about sponsoring us. Uh, you know, if you're working at some grocery store and you're bagging groceries, um, I'm pretty sure you can be high. I, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't take a lot of, uh, like, thought process. Just don't break the frickin' eggs. You know, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> put the thing, and don't smash the bread. You know, I mean, it's pretty pretty simple shit there so um you know i I, i'd be like yeah i'd I'd be high all the time if i was bagging a grocery so you know that's that's a job that somebody can do as law states and if you're at a desk job or anything like that anything where you're in control of yourself what you're doing you shouldn't be able to uh you're not affecting anybody else correct correct So we'll see. We'll see if it kind of uh, if it catches on in the places where it's legal for recreational at first. That's where I would see this going: is go to the states over recreational marijuana use, then to medicinal, because um, medicinal still you, you can have medicinal and still have to work and still have to have a job. So it'd be kind of not too cool to take away their job from them because they have a medically proven reason to use it. Um, Correct. But I think. Uh, obviously, if it's, if it's with the way this society, can. with the way this society is, and the way people are kind of rude to each other, just all the freaking time, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that you know more people aren't freaking high. It's a, it's a way to deal with it. <laughs> the way that society is. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you know, I was just laughing. I kind of, kind of have the same sentence. I, I agree 100. percent So it just. I'm still waiting to try my first edible here in beautiful uh, California. So, you haven't gotten uh, high yet, dude? No, I haven't yet. Been two and weeks. you got to have a wizard. I have to have it happen. have it. Yeah, but you got to have a wizard. you got to have somebody by you or next to you that's already gotten high that knows. And, I, I, dude, I don't know if I would actually do an edible. The edibles are, are – if they take a minute to kick in, so you don't know, I mean, it'll take 45 minutes to an hour before you're actually feeling something. And it's a different type of high. The the high comes from the inside instead of like an instantaneous brain high because it has to go through your bloodstream first. So, you know, where if you smoke it, um, then it's immediately going into your bloodstream and immediately hitting your brain. Yeah, I don't know. I can't smoke anything. I told you that. I have a just have a use a blockage. just use a vapor use a vapor vaporizer. It's it's vapor, dude. It's not even it's not even freaking um, it's not even smoke. It's water. So they have vaporizers for weed. I just thought they had vaporizer for. I thought just for. Uh, oh no, there's there's absolutely yeah. No, I've been smoking out of a vaporizer. They used to have this thing called a a, a volcano. That it was this this huge vaporizer, like it, you would fill up into it. I don't know if they still have it, but you would fill up all the smoke like or the vapor into. Yeah, it was huge. It was it was really tall, and and it would fill up a bag full of vapor, 
and then you would inhale that bag and it was like a bag it was like a like a i don't know like a 30 pound trash bag i mean it was just huge <laughs> so and you'd have a hard time oh actually inhaling that vapor but the vaporizers that they have now are all these little tiny they're these little they're nothing you just press a button and you you smoke without smoking it's all vapor mainly water wow very cool yeah so that's the way you should do it because then you won't have any of the uh, of like the smoke problems you know with uh, in 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 your lungs you're still probably going to cough because it is you know a substance that's entering your system so you're still probably going to cough right. if you didn't use a vaporizer but yeah i would prefer an edible but i'll try i'll try i'll try whatever happens first oh. i don't know we'll see and, and seriously, just just go the old route and can take a you know bong load or freaking pipe load. Come <laughs> on, man. Just take a pipe load. The Indians have done it for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Peace pipe. There you go, peace pipe. I am in I am yeah. in Indian villages here, Morongo Village and everything. There's a lot of Palm Springs Indian sites around here. Well, dude, just walk yeah. over there. Just walk over there and and take a hit. I was actually, when I drove into L.A., then I stopped this, like, I think it's called Morongo. I'm not sure. It's literally like 10 miles outside of Palm Springs. There's a gated community to get into the reservation there. You have to go through the gate right. to get in there and everything. So there's full-on reservations over here in beautiful yeah. Inland Valley, uh, California, which I did not realize. I know I'm Indian sure casinos are all Indian line, but I didn't realize they had actual communities around here. That was kind of cool to see. Which I, might not be cool after all. I guess being on a reservation, we've learned, is not a cool thing necessarily. Compared uh, to depends. the, um, um, they've, you know, over the past ten, fifteen years, um, they've gotten the right to build casinos, so they've gotten some actual money coming in, and it's uh, it's been a good thing. Like you said, you see gated subdivisions instead of you know some low income uh, just hovel. So, which is what generally we think of when we think of reservations. I've stopped on reservations before when I'm driving across the country, places in Arizona and um, places in New Mexico. And the reservations are horrific. At least they were at the time. They were just horrific. I mean, it was just like, you know, there's the gas stations, just old ass gas station. And there's like no shops that are open. There's no fast food. There's nothing like that. Right. Now I think it's a little different. They've actually had the opportunity to add some money to their communities. We can hope, man. That'd be that would be. They are the original settlers, uh, or actually, they weren't settlers. They were here originally. Yeah. Speaking the of the original settlers, who are brown, um, there's 13,000 of their children currently being detained on our border. The number has risen to 13. Friggin' thousand. I didn't read that. We're up to 13,000 already. That's Man. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And last time and I think we checked, they only had, were able to know where 700 of their parents were. Of the parents are, yeah, out of 13,000. Right. Ridiculous. It's embarrassing. That's, no, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Humans' behavior towards each other is just atrocious. Very yeah. disheartening. No, I don't. I, 
don't understand. I don't understand why other more people aren't outraged. People are just letting things happen here that would never have happened before. It's amazing to me where we've come to this point where it's so partisan that if the person in charge thinks it's okay, everyone's going to fall lockstep in line instead of having a brain and say, you know, we probably shouldn't be doing that. But no, no it's, it's not happening. It's the same. I'm sure the same conversations were happening in Germany in the 1930s. Um, the same conversations happen in different countries over and over. We just never thought that we would be having these type of conversations here in the United States because, you know, we, we tend to look down upon the KKK. We tend to look right. down upon white supremacy. We tend to look down on these actions and the words that are said. We don't tend to support them, and in the United States at least. Um, so, and you know, it, it just swung the other way. I do think it's interesting that it happened in our lifetime. You know, we right. as as the people in the 1960s, and let's just go all the way back to like 1864. You know, right in the middle of the Civil War, we all, you know, we we get the opportunity to actually fight this one out. You know, and and defend the the purpose of the United States, you know, and the purpose of democracy against tyranny. That's we didn't want right. a king, and we still don't. So this stuff will continue to rear its ugly head, probably for history until I don't know. Uh, it's wiped out. I think we tried. We tried as a world in 1940s to wipe it out. It didn't work. They spread all over the world like cockroaches. Whole bunch of right. Nazi Germany went to uh, Argentina, and a whole bunch of them went over to Mexico. Those are the immigrants that you want to keep out, not the ones. Do you ever that see that uh, those back. shows on History Channel that showed Hitler possibly living down in South America, or at least his top? Yes. Top. Uh, yeah, Argentina. That was, that was Argentina. That was very well. There's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories on on what actually happened to Hitler, and that's why Quentin Tarantino was able to make something like Inglorious Bastards. Um, nobody actually knows. His body was never found. Um, they, they do know that at one point, at the very end, right before he was about to be captured, that there was a submarine that went out, and it was filled with mercury, and it got sunk. And it is currently at the bottom of the ocean, and uh, and I think it's Adriatic Sea. I'm not positive on that, uh, but look it up. Um, uh, that it is at the bottom of the ocean and currently cracking open. So there's a whole bunch. He's he's 60, 70 years later, and he's rearing his ugly head in death, man. Uh, so because a whole bunch of mercury in the ocean is not going to be good for this planet. Um, so it'd be horrific. It would just be, you know, just, just catastrophic, uh, for that area to become completely inundated with mercury. So they don't know if he was on that submarine. Um, they, and there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out with Argentina and also, uh, uh, Southern Mexico that, um, and yeah, you, you saw it on probably like ancient aliens or whatever. Um, where, or yeah, those, the, the Nazi shows when they're, when they're following, um, the SS and, and stuff like that on history channel. Um, uh, 
They have found many buildings down in many structures down in Argentina that have swastikas on them, and they were built right around that time. Um, and suppose, and that's where they have actually found um, a couple of the people who were elite members of the SS and been able to prosecute mm. them from from Argentina. So, yeah, they, they were, like I just said, they spread all over the world like cockroaches. They just went to anywhere right. where there was a dictatorship so that they could live free, when really they were the cause of the problem. And now all of their descendants are causing a problem here. You tickled my brain mentioning Quentin Tarantino. I heard an excellent story this week. I'm trying to figure out how I can say it without saying it, without saying the name. Let me see here. It was just a really cool story. Um, Okay. Without naming any names, I had a friend, I was talking to a friend, and they are now working in television and movies, and they were doing something on uh, Quentin Tarantino's newest film, the, uh, what is it, How to Live and Die, or what's the one uh, in West Hollywood? Living and making uh, West Hollywood. Uh, I, I don't know what they're. I, I don't know what. Anyway, it's, it's Quentin Tarantino's newest one. It's the big one right now. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, all these people are in it. Right. Coming out a couple of short months, right? So it's gonna be a great new film by Quentin Tarantino. Well, my friend was hired to work on the set, and uh, so he was helping one of the actors in it. And <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movie, right? So they're doing this scene where my friend had helped an actor in the scene and the actor had done something wrong. So my friend yelled cut in the middle of the scene <laughs> on a Quentin Tarantino film, mind you. Wow. And all of a sudden the whole set got quiet. <laughs> no, he's lethal. Uh-oh, he's lethal on his set. Not long for this. Oh my God. He was said, he said, literally, you can hear crickets chirp and all eyes what if, turn to him. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't mean to laugh. So, what was so, Quentin's reaction? <laughs> he, he was, oh, well, my friend was freaking out. And all of a sudden, right. Quentin says, come here. <laughs> He's oh, shit. doing his, uh, his walk of shame and not the good way over to Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin says to him, um, why did you call cut? And my friend explained it to him, and it was basically had to do with continuity. It's like, because he had, like I said, he trained this one actor for this one part in the scene, and he said, this, this was, this was a, you know how they do multiple takes. It was a later on take, and he said the continuity would have been off, <laughs> and I'm used to being live and everything, and so I apologize. I just said that's why I said it. So Quentin said, okay, I did, I didn't see the continuity error. Thank you for letting us know that. If you ever do that again, you will never work with me again. Now, why don't you sit here behind the camera screen and watch for a while? And he let him, he got to sit on behind his shoulder and watch him film for a while, where he should have, he well, could have been walked cool. off a lot so quickly. So right. quickly. Yeah, but no, Quentin, awesome Quentin has, he's got some strict laws on, on his sets. Um, things right. like no cell phones. Uh, he refuses. You know, you, a cell phone goes off and you're fired. It doesn't matter who you right. are. If a cell phone goes off on his set, you're fired. 
So, you know, it's like, leave your cell phone. There's some of the sets where the cell phones have been left in boxes um, offset so that nobody can that. get yeah. to their cell phones. <laughs> 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 it got so bad. So on his sets. Yeah, he refuses right. to let people use their cell phones. Yeah, so my friend could have had a very, very embarrassing, fireable moment that turned into a great chance, but he knows never, ever, ever to do that to Quentin Tarantino. So I had to tell you that story, and I tried to make it as generic as possible, so if anyone hears this, they'll never know what happened exactly. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was an amazing story. I just heard it last week. I thought it was so much fun. I'm I'm trying to think of a... Yeah, I'm trying to think of the um, the uh, um, I'm trying to think of a director. I'm trying to think of a story of someone that I worked with that you know is, was like that, where the disruptions, the little disruptions, the human disruptions were a big problem. And I can't really I can't really think of anything. I'm trying. I'm running. You know, running through my head. Uh, Twenty seven and all washed up. I'm trying to figure out you know all the different directors that I know. Um, right. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't think of anybody that's that was like that. Um, I I did work with Leo Penn, who is Sean Penn's dad, and okay. Sean Penn Spicoli from Fast Times. Dude, I've been I've I've actually been going around and putting in applications at dispensaries because I think it would be a cush job. So for someone like me. And, uh, and I, um, uh, and I'm like, it, it, those jobs are coveted at this point, those jobs are very coveted and they're very coveted by every stoner on the planet. So it's really hard. All these Jeff Spicoli, you know, people are getting those jobs. It's Jeff, Jeff Spicoli's uh-huh. dream job. Dude, I can work at a dispensary. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, directors, Leo Penn. And, uh, and Leo, um, I, I had a monologue to read. He was guest directing on a TV series I did called Nasty Boys. Uh, and he, and, and I had a monologue that I had to do. And I was a regular on that show. So normally the directors don't, tell the actors what to do because the actors were, I don't mean for that to sound pompous or arrogant um, because the actors are, 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 are there hired by the production company, hired by the executive producers, not by that particular director because the guest directors come in and yeah, do television is a different like, game than movies. Yeah. It's a different, uh, it's a different thing. So they actually expect their actors to just be able to do what they do. And, um, and I, well, I was having a problem with the monologue. I had a, this freaking monologue, and I had to cry in the middle of it and shit. And I'm just like, I, um, you know, Mr. Penn, can you can you help me out with this? I'm not sure how to how to get there, and you know how to really how to really approach this, and and what moments I actually want to choose. And he looked at me and he goes, Craig, what did they hire you for? And I went, Ooh-hoo. to act. Ouch. I went to act. And then he goes, <laughs> and what did they hire me for? And I went to direct. And he goes, that's right. You go memorize your lines, and I'm going to go push my cameras around. 
And (laughs) that is the most amount of direction that I got from Academy Award winning DNA. So, you know, oh, I, I, yeah, that's, that, that was it. That is the most amount of direction, but I, I, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a valuable, valuable lesson to me on, you know, that the, the, the directors, a lot of the times, especially on TV, that they're not there to actually, you know, work with the character. And if you find a director that is, cause like I just did Chicago PD with McKelty Williamson, he directed it. That was, um, Bubba Gump in Forrest Gump. That's McKelty. Right. Um, yeah, he's 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 Bubba Gump shrimp. Um, but uh, uh, dude, absolutely a phenomenal experience with him. And he just kept getting more and more into what my character was doing and what. And it was nothing. It was a bit part. So you know, and and so there's some directors that that will that are into it and and want to talk to their actors and want their actors to be doing a certain thing and then there's some directors that are just like no leave me alone i gotta go set up shots so right yeah burroughs is like that burroughs has created so many things he likes to work with the actors quite a bit more jim burroughs i've heard that about but you're right a lot of the directors are kind of because television television's a producer's market whereas film is the director's market so yeah it makes sense but well if you're talking sitcom because jim burroughs has done a lot of sitcom that's different um they don't they don't i'm not going to say i'm not going to say they don't ever have guest directors on sitcoms because of course they do but a, a lot of you'll see a lot of the same director's name on sitcoms and because it's a style right. and and it's uh and, and it's the way that that person happened to do it in the first place so and it's and it's the rapport that they have with the producers and with the um, cast that makes them you know stay there for long periods of time, and you know you'll see people and, and like Jim Burroughs you know you see That's he's true. he's also a producer, he's also a producer and writer on these projects, so. Very true. All right, well we're at the uh, half hour wait, half hour mark, halfway through. Guys, give us a call. You got we about twenty five minutes. Oh, barely man. talked about the weather. That's so awesome. We barely talked. We saw some stuff jump off of on the uh, thirteen thousand. I have two stories I want to go to in immigration when we come back. So give us a call three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. We're gonna play a little Cameron Hawthorne dancing in the living room. We'll be back in about three minutes. Ten p.m. We're here again. After a bottle of red Well look at you I'm in the mood But we ain't gonna bet just yet Our favorite song I'll turn it on And you get a candle Yeah. 
Now my day isn't imperfectly No fancy night out on Yeah, even played a little country. Yeehaw. Nice. All right, we are back, boys and girls. A couple things I wanted to jump off of. We were talking about now you were telling me 13,000 people are, are kids, kids are in immigration custody. Um, kids. A couple things. We're talking about the difference between um, asylum and just crossing the border. It, it was uh, brought up the there other is day a difference. that – Mexican immigrants are now have declined so sharply over the past 10 years that for the first time, they no longer make up the majority of the category. Uh, the Pew Research Center said Wednesday, the number of undocumented, uh, undocumented Central Americans is increasing over a half million from 2007 to 2017. It's gone from 1.5 to about 2 million people. So, Mexican immigrants going down sharply. It's Central America, where it has all these Venezuelan and Argentinian and dictators and stuff trying to get the hell out and save their families without being killed. They're the ones actually, actually coming over. Central America, Central America is Guatemala, Honduras, and one other country. Um, Argentina is South America. Um, it, that, it's a real problem when, I mean, the majority of the United States has no idea that there is a North America, a Central America, and a South America, and it's loaded with all these different countries. I, I, I just, I, I, it baffles me. There's like 27 different countries uh, between, these, in these, in, between these continents. So it, it, it absolutely baffles me that they all think that they're all coming from Mexico. No, right. I, actually, there are more people going from the United States now to Mexico. Look at look at those numbers. It's like people are like, no, I'm going to go to Mexico now. So I'm out. And because uh, the United States is kind of sucking. So it's very, it's very strange. But look at those numbers. Uh, those numbers have risen as well. Um, but, yeah, the majority, majority of the immigrants that are coming across our border for asylum are from Central America or from South America. Majority. They are not from Mexico. They're just cutting through Mexico because that's the only way they can. And they are the majority in this country right now of um, undocumented. It's not uh, Mexicans anymore. So it's no. like they need to get over that whole the whole concept, the whole mindset behind it, and the wall is not going to keep. The wall is not for that. Um, so this, we are on. What did we say? We are day 124 of our national emergency, and 
A wall has not helped or hindered anything. So the difference. Second story I wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know if you read about it a couple weeks ago. I did. I heard it on the radio, and I only got a brief glimpse of it. But they're trying to add the citizenship question to the 2020 census. You heard about this? Right. Yeah. So they're, they're trying yeah, to I'm add pretty sure that's unlawful. Which hasn't been done since the 50s. They had it way back once upon a right. time when we were more not here than Native Americans, by the way. But um, they, they haven't had this question on there since I think in the early 50s or before. So they're trying to add it on now. Um, Trump administration has been saying the whole time that it's uh, that it's it's a good thing and that the Ju- Justice Department asked for all this other stuff. Well, two weeks ago, I heard in the radio, they've uncovered a memo from this guy that died. He actually died, and it was in his personal papers. He was a Republican strategist, and all his papers that it talks about him talking with all these people, Wilbur Ross and all the administration, saying that they want to add it because it'll suppress the number of people that answer it in in states where immigration is big so they can lose representation. And so this memo was found in this guy's will. So and that, this is going to the courts right now. It's, up, it's going up to the Supreme Court right now, whether they can put citizenship on the 2020 census. And so the House Committee on um, Oversight, I think it's the House Oversight Committee, which is uh, Cummings, is in charge of. They've been trying to get both Wilbur Ross and William Barr still to come over to come over and testify about the census question, especially this new information release. Well, it seems today the uh, president has decided to exert executive privilege over any materials related to the addition of a citizenship question, meaning any memos about it between the Justice Department and anyone else. So he is quashing those subpoenas as well. So now we can't learn why the census question was really put on the ballot or put real, the immigration was really put on the census, even though we all know. But just another obstruction of justice that's happening right before our very eyes, and it has to do with immigration and legalization. So you know how they questioned uh, Obama's, you know, um, uh, uh, whether or not he was a, a citizen or born in the United States and all of that. Yeah, um, Trump was the biggest one. The birth why aren't thing, we right? questioning? Yeah, why aren't we questioning forty-five? Uh, he was a freaking anchor baby whose mom is completely in question on whether or not she ever became a citizen. Right. Her citizenship no, we, we give is up actually these arguments. in question. We don't. We don't take these arguments on. We just we just let it happen. They did it all. They did it the entire Obama administration. What is wrong with the Democrats? Why aren't they doing stuff like that? Put in these stupid things, you know, just like that, and and do exactly what they're doing. All these distractions. Put in some stupid distraction of your own. Yep. And so now the the uh, current administration is just quashing more subpoenas. Saying no, we're not going to do it. Executive privilege. We're not going to tell you why we decided to put this on there, even though we all know why we decided because to stop representation from people with a higher concentration of um, naturalized citizens, because that's what the census does. It tells you how many representatives each state gets. And if you ask a citizenship question, 
people are not going to send the census back. And they can cheat and gerrymander the um, uh, districts for the Electoral College, just like they did in 2016. Cheaters. 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 They're just like the Patriots. Cheaters. Just like the New England Patriots. Just like the Patriots. Deflategate. Cheaters. That Belichick, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw him. I know nothing about sports, Paul. I just know he's a piece of work. Whatever. All right, let's go on uh, to our. They should have been disqualified for that Super Bowl. Patriots should have been disqualified from that. And it should have been given to the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks played a hell of a game, dude. I don't know if you saw that game, but even with somebody cheating, even with the entire team cheating, um, they, they still played a hell of a game. So they should have been given the Super Bowl ring. That's my opinion. I'll agree with you on that. Unfortunately, I'm still gay. So unless you tell me who the halftime person was, I wouldn't know which game you're talking about. We're nice. It was the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think of who, who was the halftime <laughs> at the Super Bowl during Deflategate. Was it Prince? Because this is before Prince died. I, I it think it was. It could be. could be. Wow, imagine right, if I'm right on, on that. It's time for our regularly scheduled segment, Two White Guys Talking About Abortion. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, we have oh, do we have to talk about women's happening. issues? We have Democrat Illinois Governor uh, Pritzker signed a sweeping abortion access protection bill into law uh, this okay. morning. Today, we proudly proclaim in this state, we trust women, Pritzker said at a bill signing event at the Chicago Cultural Center. In Illinois, we guarantee it's a fundamental right, a woman's right to choose. So it's a sanctuary state. In all these other states, thank you, Illinois, for going the right direction in this. And thank you, Governor the correct, Pritzker. The correct direction. For, don't don't use rights or lefts on this or rights and wrongs so because people get confused. Yeah. There you go. Correct. So the correct direction. Yeah. So we got a bill signed on that today. And at the same time, uh, to combine a little bit of pop culture, the men and women from The Handmaid's Tale, which is coming back very soon, they're banding together in support of abortion rights and teaming up with Planned Parenthood and HarpersBazaar.com for a public service announcement about women's health care in America with a clear message. We're starting to restrict yeah, access to abortion. And as we do, our country takes one step closer to Gilead, which is their make-believe little world in Handmaid's Tale. So way to go on them for uh, combining pop culture with politics and taking a stand. So be sure to look for that on harpersbazaar.com. And uh, for Planned Parenthood, we'll be releasing some ads on that as well. So, so a big way to go, guys, for, uh, for uh, the show. I don't watch Handmaid's Tale, but it's another one of those supposed to be kind of good ones that I miss. But I've, been, I've been seeing parts of it lately. So it's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing parts of it and it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I haven't, I need to, you know, start over and watch from the beginning, but um, cause I'll just be flipping through and I'll see it and I'll be like, Oh, and I'll get, you know, get a bit of what they're doing and what they're talking about. So. It seems kind of it's very basically a, a utopian, dystopian kind of yeah, it's, it's draconian, everything, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. 
Yeah, women well, I, seem I, to I, I have Kate lost Moss, all of their rights. I was a big fan of Mad Men, but I, I like Kate Moss. I just have not seen this one because I don't subscribe to the HBOs and Showtime. So if it's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I don't get to see it, unfortunately. Right. All right, last thing we went on, guys, you have about uh, 10 minutes before we go to last song. So give us a call if you have any, anything to talk about, 347 989 And unfortunately, I forgot to upload okay, the clip. Well, I wanted to play the entire five-minute clip. But did you want to talk about that before I go into this? Do you want to go? Yes, I want a five-minute clip John of Stewart Oh, John yeah, Stewart. no, he, he went off, and then they actually passed the, the bill. So, um, but, yeah, I, uh, you don't have the clip? Uh, of him talking because it's I a don't, brilliant I, speech. I didn't get it uploaded. It was a five-minute clip. I wanted to play it, and then I didn't get it uploaded. Yeah, it's a brilliant speech. speech. Well, we don't have, you know, we don't have that, but we do have a 4.0 earthquake in Ohio, dude. Did your mom no, feel uh, it? Where? where uh, it? it was actually in the lake right right above you, right above, um, right above, like, just northeast of Cleveland. Right? Really? Do I, do I have that you right? feel that. Yeah. 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 And you, you should ask your mom if you guys if you guys felt that 4.0 cuz it rattled some people's nerves, no pun intended. Um and we have a hurricane that's hitting India. Um and we have a tropical depression that is currently wreaking havoc on the United States. I don't know if you guys paid attention to that. But that low-pressure system that's hitting places like Florida and all up and down the East Coast currently is the one that's wreaked havoc since it formed up in the Yucatan down in. It almost became a hurricane. And then it went up the Gulf, and then it came in here, and it just sat. It just sat in, like, Tennessee, and then it went a little bit south, and then it just sat there for a minute. Dude, that's why we've had all of this flooding right now. Are, are, we've had, I don't know how many consecutive days now of, of I actually, I, I can go back and count, of severe weather in the United States. And we've just had one of the most tumultuous springs ever. And it's leading into summer. Our farmers haven't been able to plant anything until now. Uh, South Dakota, this is like the, 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 the uh, uh, latest time that they've ever planted stuff because of the amount of water. So it's, it's pretty messed up. Um, uh, there's like videos of people driving through tornadoes, like they're driving along and the tornado just passes right in front. We've had a crazy amount of tornadoes and uh, Mount Sinabung in Indonesia erupted. So now we've got more pollution added into the atmosphere, and we already went, we went to, we had the highest levels of pollution uh, ever recorded, and that was recorded by BP gas that, and BP oil. That was not recorded by an environmental um, study. That was, <laughs> that was BP releasing that information, that we have more pollution yeah, in the atmosphere. Yeah, we talked about that a couple than, weeks ago. It's the highest it's been since ever before yes then then more than 10,000 years um so now with that eruption we've got all of that we've got more adding to our atmosphere um there's a new beach in maui that was just formed in 2018 by the the volcano that erupted there uh poihoki i think it's called and it's already contaminated with some of the radiation from fukushima (laughs) 
from eight or nine, ten years ago when that thing got hit by a tidal wave, and a whole bunch of microplastics. All these little tiny micro, microplastics are all over this. It's a brand new beach. That thing was just created by a freaking volcano. And we have screwed it up already. It makes it impossible for an, an ecosystem to actually form. There's microbeads all over there. Um, that chopper crash that happened in, in New York was caused by low visibility and rain. Are you there, dude? I'm listening, yeah. Wow, I'm on just a long rant about this, aren't I? Uh, the chopper crash was, was, uh, was because of low visibility and rain. So once again, a weather-related incident. Um, Florida has currently, all over the East Coast, there is seaweed that is dead and fish that are dead. We're getting another freaking, they, they keep calling them red tides and stuff like that. No, it's because we have poisoned the Gulf of Mexico is why this shit is washing up on your shores, on your multi-million dollar beachfronts. So it, it, it's, it's absolutely disgusting down there. You can't do anything. You can't swim. You can't do anything. Um, the Anheuser-Busch estate in Kentucky is underwater. It's freaking underwater. Because of this flood, yeah, because that's of climate change. Go. That's where I want to go on the way home is I want to drive down south, and it's all flooding out on me. It's all flooded, dude. Because of climate change and because of the industrial revolution, because of the past hundred years, and now because of the deregulation on all of these industries, all of these corporations, letting them dump shit, it's getting worse. And the, um, there's a dead zone now in the Gulf of Mexico, and I, talk about, I talked about a dead zone a long time ago uh, when I developed floodwater relocation program, uh, they, there's a, there was already a dead zone down there where nothing grows because all of the fertilizers go into the Gulf of Mexico when they run off the rivers and into the Mississippi River. And it goes all the way from Minnesota on down. So all the way through the entire United States, collecting all of that garbage and then dumping it into the Gulf of Mexico. Well, there's a dead zone now there that is the size of friggin' Massachusetts. We are destroying this place. And there's, uh, you know, I want to, I want to shout out, make shout out. What the hell am I talking about? What, what I'm, I'm Ryan Seacrest all of a sudden. Um, the, the, uh, uh, the, I just want to make sure that, you know, if Katie's listening or anybody down in Mexico city, you guys are going to get pummeled tonight. Uh, and tomorrow and the next day, there are heavy thunderstorms. And you already had a problem last week with cars being pushed down the streets because of three feet of water. You get six inches of water and, and, it, and it's running down the street six inches, just six inches. You think you can walk across that. You can't. It will knock you on your ass and it'll take you away. You get one foot of water and it'll start to lift up small cars. You get two feet of water and it'll lift up trucks. So you, you, you have to be very, very aware of where you're at in, in that area. And Mexico City especially, it's a bowl. It's, a, it's, it, it's, in, it's in a valley. So all the way around it are mountains, and all of that is going to get flooded this next couple of days. Um, and uh, let's see, I can top this off with riptides have killed 21 people this year. 21 dumbasses getting out into the water. And getting pulled out further. I, I just did look for riptides when you're getting into the ocean. The ocean isn't even a, a good place to swim now. What are you doing? Just stay out of it. 
It's disgusting. And it's got riptides. And it's got sharks. There's all these things can eat you and, and kill you. So, and the riptides, 21 people. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. You can't see that there's a riptide there. A riptide is, a, is a, an area in the waves that looks flat. So don't go into it. If you see waves on either side of what looks like a, a, a little canal or an area that's, that's flat, don't. It's being swept. It'll sweep you out. It'll take you out to see. So that's my weather report. Did you tell about I'm angry. right before coming on the air about some dust storm somewhere that has a cyclone on its way? Did you talk about that yet? I read something Yeah, like India. That. that was one of the first ones. Yeah, India, India is currently getting hit with a cyclone or hurricane or typhoon or whatever the hell you want to call it. A big-ass storm with, you know, 150-mile-an-hour winds is what they're going to get hit with. Um, uh, and yeah, it's going to cause a whole bunch of the winds are going to be crazy. And, and it, there's, there's been like hardly any rain in a lot of these areas. It's been drought ridden. So they're going to have That's dust what it says, and all sorts. right now. There's a huge dust storm yeah. going on right, right now, right before the hurricane. All right, well, we're finishing up with yeah, the weather awesome. today, boys and girls. We will talk John Stewart tomorrow. I'll upload that clip. We'll talk all about the, that tomorrow because it is about, the firemen and the first responders to 9-11, I think, is an important story. And health care. So we'll do that with uh, John Clips tomorrow. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here the next two days at our special time in June, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Mr. Craig Hurley, thanks for standing with Soapbox today, my friend. No, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. All right, we're going to stay country. Get a little Matt Van Foss and where are you going to run to now? Uh, stay tuned at uh, 4 o'clock here. We have our buddy, The Randy Report, with his LGBT um, pop culture story out of Las Vegas. And in the 5 o'clock hour, our buddies Sam Davidson and Kyle uh, Thomas will be doing their Astro Kiki radio show, which combines a little bit of astrology with pop culture. So we're out of here. It's Matt Van Fossen. Bye-bye. Virginia Highway just couldn't sleep in the bed that you made. We gonna run to now. We gonna run to now. Radio on coffee black in your cup. Don't know where you're going. Only know you can't stop. We gonna run to now. We gonna run to
Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the Internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, the Tony Awards were held Sunday night, and it was a tre-gay affair. The Trump administration is rejecting requests from U.S. embassies around the world to fly pride flags during Pride Month. A restaurant in Missouri canceled a wedding rehearsal dinner reservation after finding out that the couple were of the same sex. And out artist Roses drops her new single, Call Me, in time for Pride Month. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. The theater world celebrated the best of this year's Broadway season at the 73rd Annual Tony Awards Sunday night. And the festivities were, no surprise, Trey Gay. At one point in the telecast, presenter Ben Platt told a viewing audience, for anyone at home who is a latecomer who is just now tuning in, yes, these are the Tony Awards and you are, in fact, gay. The evening began with Poe's star and Tony Award winner, Billy Porter, once again slaying on the red carpet, wearing a red and pink Celestino couture design in front of a pride-inspired floral background. The dress was fashioned from the actual show curtain that hung at the Al Hirschfeld Theater, where Porter earned his Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical in Kinky Boots. Porter, who presented during the ceremony, was also called on by host James Corden to entertain during a commercial break. Choosing from a list of songs to sing, Porter chose, what else? Everything's Coming Up Roses from Gypsy. Just to give a sense of what happens while all of us regular folks at home are watching commercials, take a listen. In the house, Billy Porter, stand up, Billy, come on. Come on, Billy. Come on, Billy. Wow, whatever you want. Now take this microphone. Hang on, now take this and then. Oh shit! Have a look. I mean, shoot. It's all right. We're on TV now. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what do you uh? What do you think? What are you gonna go for? Um. What is she saying? Ignore that. Make your arms short. Um. I guess I'll do. Cut now. Oh. Lies are lies. Wait. Oh, wait. Which one? Wait. Which one are you doing? Number one or two? Everything's coming up roses by Jim from Jimsy, which is number one. Okay. I hope it's in the right key. I had a dream.
back to the awards that were handed out at the Tony Awards, perhaps the biggest gay victory was the acclaimed revival of the iconic 1968 play The Boys in the Band, snatching up the award for Best Revival of a Play. The limited-run production had an all-star cast that included Jim Parsons, Matt Bomer, Zachary Quinto, Andrew Reynolds, Charlie Carver, Robin DeJesus, who was also nominated for his performance in the play, Michael Benjamin Washington, Brian Hutchison, and Tuck Watkins. The win makes 83-year-old Mort Crowley the oldest playwright to win the award. Openly bisexual Ali Stroker took home the Tony for Best Featured Actress in a Musical for her scene-stealing take as Ada Annie in the new revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. The Glee Project alum becomes the first person in a wheelchair to win a Tony Award. In her acceptance speech, she told the audience, This award is for every kid who is watching tonight who has a disability, who has a limitation or a challenge, who has been waiting to see themselves represented in this arena. You are. She later joined her castmates in a performance from the reimagined take on the classic musical, which went on to win the award for Best Revival of a Musical. The LGBTQ-themed musical The Prom, about a high school senior whose prom is canceled after she's told she can't bring her girlfriend, was nominated in several categories but didn't win any. However, the cast did perform during the show and ended with a same-sex lip lock between female leads Isabel McCalla and Caitlin Knunen. The Cher Show, based on the life and career of the Oscar-winning superstar, saw gay fashion designer Bob Mackey win his first Tony Award at the age of 80 for his brilliant costume designs. And Stephanie J. Block, one of the three actresses who play Cher during the production, won the Best Actress in a Musical honor for her performance. Other openly gay artists honored for their work included much-beloved Broadway veteran Andre De Shields, one of the original cast members of Ain't Misbehavin', won his first Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for Town. In his acceptance speech, Shields offered this wisdom for success in life. Three things. Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. And... The top of one mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. Also taking home a trophy was choreographer Sergio Trujillo, who won Best Choreography for Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations. And legendary playwright Terrence McNally, whose body of work includes plays such as Love, Valor, Compassion, Kiss of the Spider Woman, and The Ritz, all LGBTQ-themed, was honored for Lifetime Achievement in the Theater. And while they didn't win, non-binary playwright Taylor Mack introduced their play, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, wearing a wildly creative design. LGBT ally and two-time Tony Award winner Judith Light received the Isabel Stevenson Award for her tireless advocacy on behalf of the LGBTQ community and the fight against AIDS. At the end of the evening, Hades Town, a contemporary take on ancient Greek myths, one Best Musical, and The Ferryman, the story of a family of a former IRA activist living in rural Northern Ireland, took home the trophy for Best Play. A complete list of winners can be found on, where else, therandyreport.com. NBC News reports that the Trump administration is rejecting requests from U.S. embassies to fly the rainbow pride flag on embassy flagpoles during Pride Month. 
The U.S. embassies in Israel, Germany, Brazil, and Latvia are among those that have requested permission from Trump's State Department to fly the pride flag on their flagpoles and have been denied. Although the pride flag can and is being flown elsewhere on embassy grounds, including inside embassies and on exterior walls, the decision not to allow it on the official flagpole stands in contrast to Donald Trump's claim to be a leader in support of LGBTQ rights overseas. Trump's administration has announced a campaign to decriminalize homosexuality overseas and this month issued a tweet and formal statement to celebrate LGBT Pride Month and recognize the outstanding contributions LGBT people have made. But the denials to U.S. embassies have come from the office of the State Department's Undersecretary for Management, Brian Bulatow a longtime associate of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who also worked for him at the CIA. Under State Department policy, embassies that want to fly the flag on their flagpoles are expected to obtain permission from Washington. There's irony in that one of the embassies being told no is in Germany. Donald Trump's ambassador to Germany, openly gay Richard Grinnell, is supposedly leading the international campaign to end the criminalization of homosexuality around the world. Homophobe Franklin Graham celebrated the news by writing on his social media, I want to thank President Donald J. Trump and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for making the decision not to fly the gay flag over our embassies during June in recognition of Gay Pride Month. That is the right decision. The only flag that should fly over our embassies is the flag of the United States of America. The gay pride flag is offensive to Christians and millions of people of other faiths, not only in this country but around the world. It's notable that the Obama administration had no problem allowing pride flags to be flown during Pride Month. A gun scare in Washington, D.C.'s DuPont Circle Saturday night brought D.C.'s annual Capitol Pride Parade to an abrupt end and sent hundreds of spectators fleeing in panic. The stampede appears to have been caused by a man who told police he pointed a BB gun at another individual who was assaulting his female significant other, according to a police report. The story begins with a concerned citizen who flagged down police to point out a man with what looked to be a gun. That's when officers approached 38-year-old Aftabit Singe and conducted a stop. The officers saw what appeared to be the body and trigger of a silver handgun in Singe's bag. It turned out to be a BB gun. Singe admitted to pulling the gun on another man who he claimed hit on his significant other. He was arrested and charged with possession of a prohibited weapon, possession of a BB gun, carrying a dangerous weapon outside the home or place of business, and disorderly conduct causing unreasonable fear. His girlfriend, Melissa Duffy, 43 years old, was also charged for assaulting a police officer after she became irate over her boyfriend being arrested. When the crowd reacted to Singe pulling the gun, hundreds of pride attendees went running. Police report at least seven people were hospitalized for minor injuries. Police didn't confirm any gunshots fired, although several people reported they heard what sounded like popping sounds. Tom Rusi, a reporter for the local ABC affiliate tweeted that police believe the crashing sound of the barricades being knocked down by frightened spectators was the cause of the sounds. A same-sex couple in Missouri were surprised when the restaurant they had booked for their wedding rehearsal dinner 
canceled the reservation upon learning their sexual orientation. Kendall Brown and Mindy Rackley are getting married on June 15th and had planned on holding their rehearsal dinner on June 13th at Madison's Cafe. Newsweek reports that the couple chose the restaurant because it had been Rackley's father's favorite place to dine before he passed away two and a half years ago. Holding the dinner there prior to their union was meant as a way to honor his memory. Brown's mother made the reservation on Monday last week, but the next day Brown received a call from the cafe asking for more information. Her first question was, what's your groom's name, explained Brown. I said, I'm marrying a woman, actually, and her name is Mindy. From the other end of the call came the question, your spouse is another woman? Brown told the woman yes. And with that, the woman at the restaurant told Brown, we're going to have to refer you to someone else for your dinner because we don't condone that kind of relationship. She added, out of love for you, we're going to have to decline your business because we believe you're in an unhealthy relationship. Brown immediately called her fiancé in tears. Rackley told Newsweek the conversation saddened her. She said, I just can't believe that this is still happening and that we get treated differently because of who we love. Who we love doesn't change who we are, and I don't know, it just saddens me. Now, I should note that Missouri does not prohibit discrimination in public accommodations based on sexual orientation and gender identity. In other words, it's legal to discriminate against LGBTQ people in the Show Me State. Local news station KMOV reached out to Madison's Cafe for their side of the story. Let's be fair. According to the news station, a woman at the restaurant acknowledged the couple's situation but did not want to comment. After the couple's story went viral on social media, several local restaurants reached out and they booked another establishment for their dinner. Brown told Newsweek she understands that the owners of Madison's Cafe are entitled to their beliefs, but they shared their story on social media because they want other people to be aware so that they don't have to feel the way we felt. She added, in this day and age, this is just not okay. As we celebrate our strength and resilience of not just surviving, but thriving as a community during Pride Month, it's also important to remember even the strongest among us might need a word of support. Out singer-songwriter Roses drops her new single, Call Me, a soulful solo piano anthem with a heartfelt hook. As the lyrics go, just know that you can call me and I'll always be there. With over one billion plus streams, Roses has been praised by folks at Entertainment Weekly, Pitchfork, Paper Mag, and Marie Claire, and clocked appearances on Conan, Good Morning America, and more. Known for her recent single, Halfway There, the official anthem of the 2019 Women's March, the Philadelphia artist intentionally worked with an all-female team to produce the new track. The song sounds the alarm in support of mental health, an important topic close to the talented artist who says our mental health is not a burden. In a press release, she shared, I think it's important that we do not underestimate the power of a phone call. The courage to reach out can change a life, and maybe it's your own. It's honest about mental health and offering a hopeful hand to those in the thick of it. Sensitive, passionate, and candidly emotional, Call Me falls right in the sweet spot for the multi-platinum artist. Call Me is available now on all digital platforms.
And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with Rose's soulful new track, Call Me. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. I get how you lay in bed all day. I used to be the same way. Remember how I used to be. All alone, by myself, only me. I'ma say it here because I need you to know. I've been there before, I've tried to face it alone Your mind is not a game, you gotta play on your own Uh own. Just know that you could call me And I'll always be there Just know that you can call me Don't leave it till you're bad Don't keep it till you're tough when
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello to all of our radiant stars. Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. My name is Kyle Thomas. I'm a pop culture astrologer. We have a dazzling show planned for you today with celebrity scandals, Hollywood news, and a celebrity guest of our own. Hey guys, Sam Davidson here. I am so excited for this episode. I am a pop culture junkie celebrity aficionado, and I am super excited to introduce you guys to our special celebrity guest of the evening, Benji Schwimmer. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. This is my first time doing something like this, so... I'm nervous. Don't be. We will play nice. Okay, play nice, please. Maybe. I play nice. Yeah, that is especially with that evil voice. I was gonna say that's just yeah. evil, like villainous to the death of Capricorn. Yeah. So you know how I am. So guys, <laughs> a bit about Benji. He was the season two winner of So You Think You Can Dance, and he is a 14-time undefeated world swing dance champion. He's a choreographer and coach, and he's literally choreographed some of the biggest artists around the world. Who would you say is the most famous, iconic person that you've helped choreograph? Oh, gosh. Probably Adele. I mean, just because she's probably sold the most records. But I've worked with, like, Christina Aguilera, um, Adele, Miley Cyrus. I've worked with uh, Paula Abdul. That's, is that a new thing, Paula Abdul? No, or? Paula was one of my first gigs. Really? Actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I just saw her at the Billboard Music Awards yeah. um, about a month or so ago. She killed, she killed it. I mean, listen, there was it was a nice karaoke situation. That said, her dancing was off the charts. Like, it was amazing. Well, let's be honest. I think everybody performing that has to move, it's a karaoke situation. It has been since the beginning of time. Except for the Jonas Brothers. Uh, okay. Okay. No I, comment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would know. He Don't would ruin know. my fantasy. Yeah. No, there's backing vocals and tracks for everybody. So I think we should just appreciate the visuals for what it is. And if you like the song, then like the performance. That's kind of how I go with it. I totally agree. But yeah, she was fantastic. Um, and, you know, you've just done a lot of really cool stuff. What have you been doing of recent? Uh, recently, I just wrapped uh, choreographing the film uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a, Stop it. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I So anyone that's listening that doesn't know what that film is, it is, I think, going to be one of the most iconic films of our generation, actually, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Quentin Tarantino is directing it. So holy crap, that's huge. So there's dancing in that. Yeah, there's a, in fact, like they, they just released today the official movie poster. There have been like teaser posters, and it's like an old school drawing. The, the whole movie was shot on film from the 1960s. And so they use artwork based upon like movie posters, how they could make them back then. And actually one of the things in the bottom right-hand corner is the shot of the scene that I worked on with Leo and Margot and Al Pacino and Brad Pitt and Dakota Fanning. Like it, it, literally everybody in this, that's alive and a great actor or actress, like they're in this film at some extent. So to be on that show is just, uh, it was a dream, beyond a dream. Wow, yeah. that is super exciting. I'm impressed, and um, I cannot wait to see it because I'm such a big fan of everybody, and you know, we're really honored to have you, so thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here. We have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, you guys. Breakups, a lot of breakups this week, interesting things, but before we get there, let's talk about our astrological forecast from Kyle. Absolutely. So we have a super intense 
uh, week ahead of us. So the first thing I want to draw attention to is a Mars opposition with Saturn. All Cancer and Capricorn are going to feel this most intensely. This is a very hot and fiery, potentially difficult aspect. Everyone will be affected, but it's happening in Cancer and Capricorn. So, you know, with you being Capricorn, just Uh-oh. prepare. Yeah. <laughs> so, one way of looking at this is think fire meeting ice, because Mars is fire and passion and sexuality and war and Saturn is ice and cold and constriction. So that doesn't really work well, te technically. So, you know, this occurs on the 14th, but we will all likely be feeling it the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So, with Mars being opposite Saturn, this transit brings frustration, sometimes disappointments and anger. Uh, frustration can be due to people standing in our way. Disappointment can come from our unfulfilled des desires, and the resulting anger is difficult to express, which then, you know, we must what It requires patience and self-discipline. So, you know, we're all going to be noticing that a bit. I'm actually dying inside because I am going home to Cleveland, Ohio on Thursday to visit family. So um, it probably is going to be just like any other trip, dramatic and frustrating. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, looking at this, you know, every single aspect that we have, you know, whether it's challenging or difficult, however we look at it, it is here to help us grow and mm -hmm. to shake us out of patterns that are not working for us. So, for instance, you know, personal attacks at this time would be very painful. So don't do that. You know, don't don't go on a mean streak if you're triggered. Don't. That. That's what my therapist said this you morning. Know? Well, I'm not saying this for you. I'm saying this for everybody. <laughs> That's you what know? my parole officer told me today. Well, <laughs> yeah. right. so, He's joking, guys. That was, that was a bit of a joke. Yeah, yeah you know, because this can be a very hot, destructive energy. And, you know, but the thing about it is that since, you know, if we are triggered, this energy is going to fester deep inside. And, and it's actually going to harm our bodies, minds, and spirits. So we do have to release it in some positive way. You know, if you're feeling bullied, you know, take a moment to stand up for yourself, but don't be pushed to intense anger. If you can handle that, you know, that's going to be, a, it is going to be difficult. So, you know, other ways that you can kind of channel this energy is positive, positively through exercise. So like a really long workout, a swim, a jog, things like that. You know, if you can avoid conflict at this point in time, it is going to be helpful. But, you know, it's going to take a lot of self-discipline, patience, and, and determination to really make sure that you know, you you get what you want out of this conflict. You know, so basically, I'm planning a lot of exercise and meditation this weekend. So th that's that. Wow. I have a feeling that I might be staying with my brother some of these nights when I'm home because my mom just triggers me like, oh, my God. But you love her. I, I love her. I do. And it's her birthday on Friday on the 14th. Isn't wow. that when you said, like, things so get means, intense? So that's the thing is every time we look at your birthday, the things that are happening that day are imprinted on your entire year. Mm. So this energy is going to be imprinted in her entire year. Well, then she better behave. I'm going to tell her. Yeah. Bless her heart. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So, but, but, you know, this may actually push her to grow and allow her to evolve and, and learn to, you know, channel her frustration or, you know, anger in hopefully a very positive way. I'll tell her, yeah. So there's that. Hmm. The next thing I want to draw attention to is early next week we have a, a really wonderful moment. It's a full moon in Sagittarius on the 17th. This is a gorgeous full moon, and it's going to be directly connected to the actions that you were taking around December 7th and the 10 days that were following last year. So Are you look, serious? Yeah, so look back, see what was happening. Well, you know that's, I mean, I don't mean to be dark, but, like, that's the day that my dad died. That's exactly directly connected to this right now. 
Isn't that crazy? And you're going home. So wait, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So every new moon is connected to a full moon. So you can, that's why I write down everything that happens, who I talk to, what I'm doing, you know, important emails that I send, all of that information so that I can chart it because six months later at the corresponding full moon, it always manifests. That's the stuff that I've been telling you. Yeah. Wow, that's intense. Isn't that crazy? So you know, is it you, good stuff or bad stuff? Well, no. The, I mean, usually we can see it, it, it. It's important to look at how successful the actions you were focusing on at that point in time were. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of hot frustration and things of, of everything that was going on back then because it was just so heated and passionate and, you know, traumatic at that point in time mm -hmm. with family-related issues. And now, six months later, you're going to be with them again. However, this is a blessed full moon. So it's really, really lucky and, and good. So this is a healing opportunity. So for instance, here we have Jupiter, which is the planet of miracles, fortune, and favor. It's literally in the same place in the sky as the full moon. So this means that starting roughly around Friday, throughout all of next week, the following week, it is going to be uh, blessing all of us with, with uh, blessings, fortune, success, opportunity, so even though we're going to have a lot of fiery and exciting energy going on in Sagittarius, Sagittarius is a sign that's all about expansion, new horizons, new ideas. It's great for traveling, business, education, press, media, publishing. All of those things are ruled by Sagittarius. So we will all kind of notice that there's a, something of that nature that is illuminated for us, but specifically in what we were doing, it's connected to that. And that's why I'm always saying, like, be conscious of what you're doing. Be conscious of who you talk to. I mean, I, I was looking at my calendar the other day, and so I did a reading for my ex on the 11th of December. I'm doing a cord cutting, cutting ceremony to forever rid myself of him on Friday. Let's all just, like, hats off to that. Like, literally. And I, like, I, that's when I was looking. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, real. I didn't even plan it that way. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I wish him well, but I'm, I'm letting go because I'm ready to move on to other things. But I started that on a new moon. Yeah. We did that on a new moon, and that's why now it's ending. Benji, what are your plans for the next week? Do you have anything interesting going on where yeah. this could go into effect? I, it certainly will. I'm flying to Dusseldorf tomorrow morning, first thing, and I'll be there for five days, followed by a day in the Alps and about six days in Italy. So I'm going to be doing kind of this little mini European tour. Um, ironically, this Dusseldorf event that I do every year, it's, it's a blast, but it's one of the most uh, exhausting events that I can be in because it's in a very awkward space. You know, in Europe, dance conventions are a little different than most conventions here in the States. We usually have a hotel attached to a convention center. These convention centers are like miles away from anything, so we're almost stuck in these big buildings with some of your biggest professional competitors who we're all normally very civil with, but mm -hmm. there's also an open bar connected to it, so usually mm. there's a lot of arguments or people collide a little bit during this, this type of week, so this makes, very, this makes a lot of sense as to why something like this could happen. Well, even specifically, we are talking about travel. I mean, you're traveling overseas, the distant yeah. horizons, new cultures, I mean, that's what Sagittarius rules, and that's mm. really coming to life for you at this point in time. And I'm not making this up. I mean, I, we didn't even know that before I even said that. Not at all. You know, so. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting week. We're going to have to definitely report back um, <laughs> once this shit show is over. <laughs> I'd be curious to report back, yeah. 
Anything else we have going on, Kyle? That's what we've got. All right. Well, guys, our next segment is going to be our pop culture celebrity segment. We have three really hot stories, and then, of course, our celeb WTF, so stay tuned. everybody. Welcome back to Astro Kiki. We are so excited to talk about our top three stories of the week here going on in Hollywood. Some of them are breakups. Actually, a lot of it is about like kind of cutting cords and stopping things from being toxic, I think is what these celebrities have really been trying to do. So the first one is Fergie and Josh Dumel are finally calling it quits. So when I saw this story, I was surprised because I knew that they had been separated for some time, but they officially filed this week, and they had been together for a very long time, but in 2017, after eight years of marriage, and they have one child together, they announced they would be separating, but they really were for a long time this golden couple of Hollywood. It was one of those, if they break up, then all love is lost. You know, they just seemed so good together in a way an odd couple because they're she has Fergie has such an intense like just persona she's an Aries yeah it makes sense and Josh is just sexy and demure and yeah so <laughs> dangerous dangerous and they did take this these two years because they wanted to see if perhaps things could change and they could work it out but turns out they just decided they can't. They both said they will love each other forever and they're chill. He's the one that's really talking out more about it than, than she has. And he's been seen dating around. I think he wants some more children. But yeah, it's officially over for those two. It makes me sad, but hopefully they're going to be on another path and find other people. But Kyle, what is going on with them astrologically? Well, the thing that's really starting to hardcore take effect is the eclipses already. So eclipses have kind of, they operate like a pendulum. So we have them on July 2nd and July 16th next month. And, but the energy is starting to, to build in. And so all, all Cancer and Capricorn are going through a crash course in relationships. Fantastic. Right now. That's just great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's very, but the thing about it is that it's, it can work in, in one or the opposite. It can sure. work the other way, you know. Sure. There are going to be a lot of a lot of cancers and Capricorns that are going to break up. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I already know it because I I've, I've been talking to several already. I have friends that are Capricorns. That shit's done. I have friends that are Cancers. Their shit's done. And it's it's because they have strong placements either their sun or their rising sign. It's Cancer. You have both. So the thing smiling. But the thing about it is that it's not a, ba- a bad thing because it actually could be sorry, a, a good thing. Yeah. Because it could be all about you know, growing closer, being engaged, moving in, having kids, you know, building a life like trial by fire, so it, to speak. Exactly. Yeah, that, uh, galvanizes you. If yeah, you totally. Yeah. So so it doesn't have to be a breakup. It break it's it's a shattering breakup that won't happen again if you're not on the right path with that person. Mm. And, you know, that is a significant ending in order for you to be directed to your higher good and, and, and all of that. And so we're going to talk more about that. I've broken it down into literally every single one of these stories that you picked today has this situation. And then you're a Capricorn with a Cancer Rising, so you got two. 
Um, very but, I, but I'm not predicting, I'm actually predicting a lot of love and good, good fortune for you. So, mm. yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, so Fergie and Josh. So Fergie is an Aries sun with a Cancer rising, and that's where we're, we're catching that. She's a Libra moon. Josh is a Scorpio sun. We don't know his rising sun sign, but we do know that he his moon is an Aquarius. The most important thing to draw attention to here is Fergie's ascendant. With her being a Cancer rising, she's having a ton of energy being directed to her house of partnership. In 2017, Saturn, planet of hardship and responsibility, went into Capricorn across the sky from her. There, that means she's being opposed directly, and this continues until the end of 2020. Saturn opposition is one of the most difficult aspects in the sky and can break relationships that are not strong. Also, the eclipses in Leo and Aquarius that were happening in 2017 and 2018 were also affecting her identity and partnerships which is why she was getting shaken out of that during that point in time. The eclipses are again going to be continuing over this area, except now that they are in Cancer and Capricorn, this means that, means that she's fully completing a new evolution of moving apart from her partner. When it comes to compatibility, though, you know, we've been actually seeing several Aries and Scorpio matches, just like Jason and Christian, the last, uh, we had them on a couple weeks ago. You know, it's a hot and passionate connection, and when they're on the same wavelength, it's, it's a very powerful duo between them. However, when they clash, it isn't good because Aries wants to be direct, but Scorpio will go into the shell and then show their stinger, and then and it will just become this passive-aggressive fight, which Aries isn't going to like because Aries wants it directly, and then Scorpio isn't going to do because they just want to burn the shit down. So, you know, there's that. But then going back to their compatibility, their moon signs were really compatible, and they're both in air, and I, and I definitely see that, you know, at the end of the day, they were able, able to make each other feel, you know, received and, and emotionally understood. So that, that was a good thing for them. However, as for what's ahead, Fergie's career is going to skyrocket again next year and through the eclipses that are going on right now, whereas Josh will be doing a lot of communication, writing, and speaking. I need some new Fergalicious songs, for sure. Oh my sure. god, I know. You know, like, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I don't know anything about astrology, which is why I'm so curious to hear all of this, but, uh, you know, I do, I've worked with Fergie many years ago. She was actually on So You Think You Can Dance when I was choreographing on one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And I remember during the live taping, um, you know, when the camera's off, you do three or four, like, runs with the audience, and then they, they play it later on during the day, so it looked right. like a live thing. And you can usually tell when someone says cut, you immediately see in their face who they are. It's the weirdest thing. And she was that one person that instead of cut, run to your makeup crew, or cut, drop like this facade and kind of have a bitchy face, she was always the opposite. She would turn around and look at her dancers. She was always courteous. She was always really sweet to everybody. She would look at the crowd. She would make small talk with people. She looked at people in the eye. Um, And so I know from that experience, Granted, when I was two and a half, I first met her. I have a picture with Fergie when she was known as Sarah. Uh, she was holding me. She was on the TV show Kids Incorporated. Oh, my God. So I thought I were like two and a half, what, years old, actually. I was two and a half, <laughs> and, I, and the funniest thing is I totally peed my pants. I peed all over her, <laughs> and she was performing at Knott's Berry Farm in Orange County, California. So I have a special place in my heart for Fergie. Um, you marked her the second you met her. I totally did. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on her growing up, actually. Aww. She was like one of my first crushes as a little boy. Um, and, it, you know, one thing that I can say, just knowing many people in the industry, like I don't consider myself a celebrity. I, I'm known and I work with a lot of really big people. And 
you never know, but I think it's really interesting that they've had for the last couple of years some problems. They've been separated for, what, two years now? Well, 2017 was kind of an indicator for both of them. The franchise that he was on, which was the uh, Transformers, right? He was on the Transformers franchise. Yeah. He wasn't invited back to the film project. Fergie's album totally flopped, which I thought was actually amazing. The MILF money was such a great video. It was awesome. Oh, God, I know. I love that It one. was so good. Uh, but, but seeing those two... It's it's interesting that they I think they came together during a time where they were like at their peak you know uh, professionally and I think they were able to celebrate that so when that's taken away from them and they're really fighting hard for their careers it's like do you stay content and complacent and it looks like they both want something else so it, yeah. this makes perfect sense astrologically speaking mm-hmm. and sociologically speaking and I do know um, I had a friend that worked on the four that uh, show that she was one of the judges, or no, she was a host. Was she a host or a judge? I can't remember. But apparently, I think this is when all the stuff started to happen with their split, and she was a hot mess. Like, very, um, she was drunk a lot and had some situations behind the scene. I, you know, like you said, like I've never heard anyone speak uh, poorly of her as far as being mean. But yeah, she was really going through it. So I hope maybe like this is her kind of rising from the ashes, Phoenix moment, just coming back. So wish them. He's. I just have to say, like he really is one of the hottest guys I think in the whole world. Mm. He's just so attractive. He doesn't do it for me at all. Oh, man. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but I'm I'm not attracted to like model face. Like I just think there's got to be something else to it. Although he's a bit of a five head, and I I think that's cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, well, we wish them the best, and um, hopefully we'll be finding out what's going on with them soon. Our next story is um, one of our favorite housewives, Lisa Vanderpump, who has created a whole empire of her own. She has been on Beverly Hills, um, the Housewives of Beverly Hills, for years now, and this is its ninth season, and it's about to finish up soon, and wow. she's been, I know, it's so crazy. Insane. She's been like one of the OG housewife. She is literally a household name, especially in Hollywood. She has all these restaurants, clubs. She now has a dog rescue. Like, you will see Vanderpump, the name, everywhere. She's an ally. She's a queer ally, too. Mm -hmm. She does a lot of work with LGBTQ Mm -hmm. issues throughout the U.S., so it's that's pretty cool. It's yeah. Awesome. Two of her restaurants are, like, right in West Hollywood where, like, all of, you know, Gay Pride was there. Like, that was just a huge thing. And Pump, if a lot of people don't know, is actually after Vanderpump. And, but Pump mm-hmm. is notoriously, like, one of the biggest gay, you know, like, bars, restaurants, that kind of thing. So Isn't it, a, like, a gay lingerie? brand as well? I think she does. Yeah, like yeah, this woman has... I don't think they're the, that is, are they not the same? I don't think they're the same. Okay. I'm pretty sure Pump is Jock's Trash. Oh, that one? Yes. Yeah, and I don't know if it's that one, <laughs> but no. I, I mean, I don't know. I may or may not have it. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. But fair, she fair. does have, like, I know she does have something similar as far as a clothing thing. She has her dog thing. <laughs> and, and so she's a woman to be jealous of, I suppose, and these women are very catty, and there has been some major drama this season, so a little bit about what has been going on on The Housewives is that Dorit and um, Kyle, so they are convinced that Lisa started this apparent rumor about Dorit abandoning a rescue dog. It's so stupid. I mean, it's not stupid because that's a very crappy thing to do, but this all is just like, how dumb. Abandoning a rescue dog that she adopted through Vanderpump Dogs, um, and she got very much shamed and 
the girls were so nasty to her about this entire thing and thinking she leaked a story. She says she didn't. Regardless, like, it was really nasty on television to the point where she won't come back for the reunion show. And specifically, she's not coming back to Beverly, Housewives of Beverly Hills at all, ever. She's done. 100% done. And so it, I'm sure she'll probably have her own show. She's probably happy to leave, but she's been such a staple in that franchise. And it might honestly lose viewers, and it's a very big deal. It's been almost a decade and I think it actually, it has been a decade because, you know, seasons aren't, you know, they are spread out sometimes. So, yeah, I was just curious about what is going on with her, Kyle Richards, Dorit Kemsley. Like, are they all, like, meant to butt heads? What's happening? Lisa Vanderpump is a Virgo, which means that she's great at business and loves the art of details. This is extremely important to her in her career. There are a few different things I am seeing for her, though. Uranus is not a planet that we tend to talk about a lot in astrology. You know, at least, you know, we've been talking a lot about, a lot about eclipses, and we watch the sun and the moon and, you know, Mars and Venus and Mercury much more. But Uranus is a planet of transformation. It is shaking up her life in relation to media, publicity, television, and that entire realm. It entered this arena in 2018 for a bit, but has fully moved into it now in 2019. So her old patterns in this area will no longer work. Oh. Isn't that nuts? So it's not going to go well after she leaves the show. No, things are good. She, she has to try new things. She doesn't fit in that mold anymore. Exactly. The way yeah. that, that, that that area of her life that was a part of it, it's not working anymore. Also, she is having eclipses in her zone of friendships and social life with beginnings and endings taking place. And we had a one a year ago in July, and then we have... We, they continue until July 2020. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. New friends. So crazy. Mm. Uh, as for the other women, Kyle Richards, it, Richards is a Capricorn, and Dork Hensley is a Cancer. That's oh what gosh. I was talking about. Mm. These are the signs going through changes in their identity and partnerships. Sometimes when we have eclipses in our house of partnerships, it also rules open enemies. So Lisa is an open enemy, and it's causing them to be extra intense and aggressive in this way. Again, when these eclipses were hitting, at least according to her friendships and social life, that was really affecting her. However, for these other women, it's about enemies instead. Those women are intense. Men nuts? Yeah. Astrology is so crazy, you guys. <laughs> well, I guess they have. I mean, she is a force to be reckoned with. I will say that much. And maybe they should be afraid. Yeah, I mean, it seems like if this person is creating almost a mogul profile for herself, you know, that, that is a huge sign of success coming from a reality TV show. Yeah. You know, a reality TV show, like, you're, you're already rich, you're already enjoying those things, but it seems like she's using that as a, as a platform to really branch out and take over, and it seems like she's outgrown that, that pattern and that, that, that nine-year run of a show. I mean, most TV shows don't survive three seasons, let alone nine, mm -hmm. um, and maybe this is the beginning of the end for it. Um, and, you know, she's not a young woman. It's this woman, Lisa, has in a way recreated herself, her businesses over and over again. You know, she was born, the Internet says, in 1960. And what one thing we know about that is it's either 1960 or she's older. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of cool, though, to see somebody continue to rise and dominate um, in this industry, even though she is beautiful. But an aging woman. I'm all about an ally for the community and for, you know, just power to women in general. So if she has that ability to not just be this entitled housewife, 
but somebody who really has their own empire, uh, male, female, gay, or straight, I, I just think that that's brilliant, and mm-hmm. I think that's something to applaud. I've personally never even seen an episode of that show. I'm like, I'm kind of like the, I'm, I'm a terrible gay. I, I think that's part of the, the, the issue. But um, the other thing, just it, when you mentioned something about something leaking, for example, you know, when someone says, oh, maybe she has leaked, she leaked something to the press or a story, nine times out of ten, that is a publicist that just made a rash decision. And so to blame her directly is nonsense. And half the stuff that comes out in the tabloids is misconstrued or it has an angle. And maybe that, that's what they needed, or maybe that was planted by somebody to get her and to force her way out so that they can get a little bit more shine. But it, I doubt that that was something that she did intentionally. If it was somebody from her camp, that's usually just a mistake that they made or an assistant of a publicist. Mm-hmm. But it almost seems like somebody from that show wanted her out to steal a little bit of that limelight. Yeah. I mean, this woman literally has half a dozen companies, at least at this point. Yeah. So she has probably better things to do than to leak that. But it probably was an employee of hers. And it's just, just PSA, guys. It doesn't matter if you're 12. 18, 30, 60, 80, women need to be kinder to each other, yeah. and it's not cute, it's not cool, and I, she literally has said, she goes, they have been tormenting me for 10 months, and I will not even be going to the reunion, the reunion is to reunite, and no one wants me there, and I don't want to be there, she so. She doesn't need it. Yeah, she certainly doesn't need it. So, and I'm actually, I am not totally committed to that show. I talk about it a lot for my job. I'm a bachelor person. That's really the only TV, uh, reality TV that I've I watch. I've never seen that either. Well, you I'm know. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible gay. You're a terrible gay? I'm yeah. a terrible person. No, I'm I've actually never seen it either. Really? Yeah, I'm a pretty bad gay, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, he just doesn't watch a lot of TV. I try to make him. That's true. Anywho. Yeah. Um, our third story is something that we um, kind of have predicted, but I think anybody can predict what was going to happen here. So Bradley Cooper and um, Arena, how was it? I always forget how to say her name. Arena Shake. Uh, they, she is the mother of his child. They've been together for four years as domestic partners. They have officially broken up. So rumors started swirling when A Star is Born stuff started happening because he had so much chemistry with Lady Gaga. And that, even if it was true or not true, does not do well for a relationship to have people constantly saying he's in love with her, look, you know, taking photos of them, making memes, and then making memes of her kind of like looking at Lady Gaga when she literally probably was just blinking. Mm-hmm. She's a model. She knows how to behave. She knows how to put a face on. Um, so, yeah, they've officially broken up. She said, or, well, sources have said that once he started shooting A Star is Born, he was very disconnected from her, and he was directing it, though. He was directing it, and he also might have, I think he did fall in love with Lady Gaga, at least in the sense of an actor-director, for those months. Totally. I, get, he, I totally get that, as yeah. a director, totally. Yeah. The James Cameron with, uh, what's her face, from Titanic, Kate Winslet. You know, yeah. They had an affair, they had an ex-marital affair. They were Yeah, that caused the divorce of James Cameron. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Thank you for spilling that tea. Well, yeah. okay. the thing is, I feel like it's, there's a muse aspect. You know, mm-hmm. being you know a writer, director, producer, having a muse is really important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's why I created 365 Days of Love Letters. And that's, that's all real. Which is an awesome web series that Kyle has created. Yeah, um, we're still in the process of working with networks to, to get it to the next level. So that's an entirely different thing, and which we could go with the stars for that. But anyways, continue with the story. 
So, yeah, they, they've called it quits, and now people, there's all these memes about Lady Gaga out there, the face that she's made when she finds out. I I do think, and, you know, Benji, you've worked in this industry for mm-hmm. so long, too, in dance, which is different but also extremely similar. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, emotional, you make a connection with people, but sometimes that connection is over, like, when the project is over. Totally, yeah. In fact, I remember even on my season of So You Think You Can Dance, there was... One of the competitors where we fell heavily like head over heels for one another and this person was with another person at the time and nothing ever manifested physically but it was definitely you could feel it in the room and it, yeah you put in these pressure cooker situations that's why shows like the real world were so crazy and you would have these these matching partnerships that would just happen and most of them never really lasted or ever went anywhere when everything was over and People say their goodbyes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like high school, you know, in a weird sort of way. Summer camp, high school, yeah. Summer, oh, summer camp, yeah. It's a pressure mm-hmm. cooker. You have a limited amount of time with each other that's guaranteed, and I think people want to appreciate that moment. Now, I, I've, done, I've had dance partnerships throughout my life, too, where even as a gay man, I have a dance partner, and there's you have to have a chemistry. You have to have something there, and there was one in particular. She knew I was gay. But, I mean, there were moments we were doing a routine, and it was like a very romantic, sexual routine, and we were practicing late night, and I was exhausted, she was exhausted. There was a moment where she's supposed to just get into my face, and our lips kind of locked, and we just, like... Started making out? Started making out, and that was my sister, I'm just kidding, it wasn't my sister, but I danced with my sister at one point. No, but yeah, like, we just started, like, lip-locking with one another, and it was just this, I need to, I need to walk out, like, I need to get some air, I'm so sorry... Like, I didn't know what came over me. So I can only imagine when you have, like, multi-million dollar budget and everybody, you know, is on your personal life that the only escape you might have is in your work and your project. And in this case, it was Lady Gaga. So, you know, perhaps there was something there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if you have the ability to star in a movie, write, co-produce, sing, record, direct, you're probably running away from something already. So I'm sure something was already written in the stars or on the wall at the time. Yeah. And, you know... I I have a lot of respect for him. I also have heard some things that maybe he's actually... I don't think he's the um, sweetest. Maybe on appearance, I think he might be a little bit of a snake. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite actors. But what I think, though, he was with this woman, this model. I think they just started getting... She got pregnant. He did the right... He tried to do the right thing, stayed mm-hmm. with her, but I don't think they had a ton in common. Um... So, Kyle, let's look into their stars, see what's happening here, and kind of what their futures look like. Absolutely. So, Bradley Cooper is a Sagittarius rising and a Capricorn sun. So, with Jupiter being in his rising sign, this shows that he's in one of the luckiest years of his life. He's certainly laying groundwork for the next 12 years. Also, with the eclipses, eclipses taking place in his sun sign and house of partnership, this is causing a lot of shifting beginnings, endings. Mm. for him mm. and the the first big eclipse in his partnership sector was last July then the next thing here is Arena is also a Capricorn so she's undergoing a similar situation in a learning curve about relationships as I mentioned before Cancer and Capricorn are seeing these huge shifts beginnings and endings and important partnerships you know evolving throughout 20, 2019 and 2020 they're taking place next month, next month, July 2nd and July 16th, and the, the big shifts will actually, yeah, let's go back, went back to July 2018. Eclipses work like a pendulum, as I mentioned before. A, new, a normal new moon or full moon has a potent effect in the days that surround it, 
but an eclipse begins casting its light before and after. We start to enter a window in, we started to enter the window here in the end of May, and now we are in the full closeness of that energy now in this month. This means that the eclipse window will also be cast until early September. However, the effects of an eclipse last for a powerful six months and can sometimes transform, transform our lives forever. You might fall in love, you might get engaged, you might have a baby, you, you know, something really transformative usually happens. You might move across country, buy a house, really, really big things. As I mentioned before, a lot of my friends that are Cancers and Capricorns have been splitting. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly why it's happening to them now. And again, just a reminder, I'm shocked with myself just because I choose these stories. Like, I don't really know about the stuff that Kyle knows. And somehow, I mean, granted, too, these people are going through these things, and that's why they're in the news and probably why I pick them. But it's weird because I don't really know why or what is going mm -hmm. on. I just pick and choose these ones, so that's crazy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing a ton of people that are Libras going through breakups right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we're not talking about celebrity, we're not talking about a celebrity that's, you know, one Libra, and then one Scorpio, and then one Taurus, and one Capricorn. Like, there's a pattern here, because astrology is a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So. It is a thing. Yeah. All right, our celeb WTF of the week. And I just, I don't want WTF to have a negative connotation to it because it's it's just a question. Like, what's going on, you guys? Because I really like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I think they're both extremely talented. And, and one of the reasons I bring them up is because they have popped up in the news recently. She has her show on Facebook Watch called Red Table Talk. And, you know, she is just a no-filter kind of woman. Like, Will Smith can't even really watch the show because he's so embarrassed about how um, candid she is about mm. her life and their relationships. So for some time now, we've known that they have a... Oh, it seems like they have an open relationship and that they are either polyamorous or just open. We're not exactly sure what, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's their business. But I'm just curious because she's recently talked about being betrayed by him not really in a way of cheating because I don't think that's betrayal to her anymore. Um, as far as, you know, she's like mentally, emotionally, and her, her their kids, uh, they have Willow and Jaden, and they are each very unique individuals. They are. Themselves. They are. Yeah, and Willow recently on Red Table Talk has voiced that she's, interested in polyamory and you know they're both kind of I think maybe more Jaden than Willow but um I don't want to say they're not technically like non-binary but they're very gender fluid like mm -hmm. both of them mm -hmm. and the way they've raised their children is extremely interesting and it's no hate against that but I just don't exactly understand their connection you know they've said that divorce was never an option even during the bad times. That was just not something that they've ever been interested in. And so are they good partners? Are they extremely driven? And But before we get to that, Kyle, I want to ask you, Benji, like, do you, can you say anything that you, that you know about these people? I, I think it's been maybe not necessarily public knowledge, but industry knowledge that the two of them have lived a pretty open relationship. And what do you want to, if you want to call it open relationship, because that, that has a lot of different meanings and connotations to sure. each individual person. But what I do know, I would say it's monogamish, maybe emotionally, romantically, that they are exclusive with one another. But maybe sexually, there's traveling, there's dates, there's this and that. Maybe there's some other sexual needs that are not met based upon their own genders. So, yeah. Kyle's shaking, Kyle's his, shaking head. his head. So for me, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of 
sexual identity fluidity. There's a lot of like Kinsey scale gray line matrixes that I I have seen and picked up on in the industry when they've been around the different places. Um, I remember that famous moment where Will, where Will Smith was being kissed by a man and he slapped him in public. Have you guys ever seen that video? No. So he's walking the red carpet and a guy comes up and just lays one on him and, and Will Smith kind of laughs and then punched him in the face. <gasps> and it was one of those things where, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, look on, it's really interesting. Now, the thing about Will and the thing about just that whole relationship in general is this came at a time like they really rose to fame and power when Will was Mr. Box Office, Mr. July, right? And I, I think it was really important for the African American communities in particular to have a great example, to have somebody that was successful, to, to be the biggest name, the biggest movie star in the world, to be a black man that was raised from nothing, to make something of himself, I think was the most important thing in pop culture for over a decade. Mm -hmm. Personally, and I'm a white privileged guy, right? But I think that that was so important for people to see that you can be a minority and that you can really step up and become everything that your heart desires. And I think he was a prime example of that. And I think they chose their camp and they think they chose the right people around them to enable that, to keep that public record very clean. And now we're just in a different age. We're in a different era where, you know, I think this this new generation, everybody is binary, everybody is just fluid in some way, people are less judgy, there's a lot less labels being put on people, and I think it's fantastic. Like the other day, I was working at a musical called The Trump Family Special, it's a satire political musical. It's, uh, if you're in LA, you should check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's at the Fringe Theater Fest right now, but uh, and he saw the very worst performance ever, our electric stuff which just totally crashed. I still think it was lovely. It was a shit show, but thank you, Kyle. You're very kind. <laughs> and uh, long story short, um, I remember one of one of our cast members was there, and he has been in and out as a cast member several times, brings his boyfriend with him. They've been together for many, many years, right? Um, he's in theater for crying out loud. And the other day, someone said, yeah, you know, all the gay guys come over here, and it was me and him and a couple other people in the cast. And he's like, he's like, please don't call me gay. Now, this man has... A, he's cis male, uh, he's dating a cis male man, they've been together for years, they're exclusive, it's a closed relationship, it's completely monogamous, but he doesn't like the label gay. He's like, I am who I am, I love who I love, I happen to be with a man now, stop labeling me. That's unfair. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I mean, listen, tip for tax, tomatoes, tomatoes, success, nothing, whatever, like, that's fine, but um, I just feel like in this day and age, we are living in an era where all of that stuff is not so important, and if people are open or people are not, like anthropomorphically, most people are open to an extent, whatever that might be, whether that's with emotional or sexual needs, and in this day and age where everybody's traveling around the world, I think, I get it, like, I think what they did is they kept their name alive, they kept their success as a couple alive, and if we're starting to see a little bit of humanity, I think that's great, and the fact that she can voice it is fantastic, um, I think if her children have this open idea, I don't know if they got that from mom and dad or if they're just getting that from the fact that we're in a very different world. Like we were kids, this next generation, they're being raised in something so different than I think sure. the three of us were ever raised in. And I'm probably the oldest one in this room and just to hear we're all the same. we're roughly the same age. Roughly the same age. I'm a lot younger than everybody. If you, you guys certainly didn't know. It. Thank you, you so much. <laughs> yeah, well, Kyle, tell us about their charts, because I'm sure it's extremely fascinating. Well, I mean, I, it's so interesting because a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, you, is, is stuff that I can pinpoint in there, in their charts. Mm. And so that's one thing that we do draw attention to, is that, you know, astrology doesn't have to be this, like, mystical science, you know? It's, it's about patterns and, and 
lifestyle and in personality and things that we can see naturally because that's an expression of it. You know, it's not this big secret magical thing. You know, we're talking about these 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 relationships and, and how these people connect because literally that's that's kind of how they are. So so I'll break it down. So Jada's a Virgo sun and a Virgo moon. We don't know her rising sign, so that kind of shifts some things. Will is a Libra sun with a Gemini rising and a Scorpio moon. So right offhand, we see that their modes of thought and doing things are going to be a bit different. Virgo are very focused on the details and can at times micromanage, and Libra will enjoy this at times so that they can be, you know, focused on the bigger ideas and fun and not have to handle all of the, the nitty-gritty. So that works in their favor there. Libras also like, also like to feel like the star more than Virgo, typically, but Virgo eventually always wants their voice to be heard, which is exactly what's happening now. Totally. Wow. Totally. Literally there. So the one thing that's really interesting, though, is that Virgos are secretly, secretly the freakiest people in the bedroom of all signs mm. because they have an obsessive personality and break down all of the methodical little details. And this makes them very intense about, you know, fetishes and different kinds of things, and this makes sense why she had a porn addiction. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. I put that in my notes, but apparently, yeah, she had a porn addiction a Exactly, bit. so wow. that shows why, and the fact now that she's talking about it, she's ruled by Mercury. Mercury communicates. That's, mm -hmm. that's Virgo's ruler. So that's really crucial to them. Mm -hmm. Will is a Libra, and he will need his one important partner there to make him feel balanced, but Libras also like to have this freedom to explore, whether that be emotionally or, you know, sexually or intellectually, whatever it be, they really need this, this ability to kind of expand their air sign, you know? Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're constantly being controlled, you're going to feel like your your inner light is not being fed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need someone that's going to be like, yes, Sam, yeah, Libra, go go do your thing, be fabulous, you I'm know? a Libra, by the way, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so that's why, you know, with them each, you know, discussing their needs, they came to that agreement. It makes sense because we can see that executed. You know, honestly, with their desire to explore and inner freak being exercised, the relationship seems like it totally fulfilled and works for both of them. And also, you know, bringing back Willow, with her being so young and interested in experimentation and polyamory, I do think that her parents taught her to explore and to pursue different lifestyles and understandings because, you know, they can, they can fulfill people in different ways, especially if you try them. Absolutely. Well, I love, I mean, I, I find them fascinating. I like Jada a little bit better than Will. I don't know. He just ruined the genie for me. Anyways, another another podcast, another conversation. Go yeah. see Aladdin. It's fantastic. Um, okay. Well, we, of course, now have our special guest, Benji. Let's jump into his sign. What's going on with him? Oh, dear. Great. Here you go. So you're Cancer rising with Capricorn Sun. So these eclipses are extremely potent and powerful for you. You are having a lot of shifts on your life direction, you know, especially in relation to partnerships. There's very, very big, big moments there. So this shows that you're going through all of that. Uh, you may be shifting your identity in some way. Your soul destiny contract, whatever that be with, that is coming to light certainly over the next year. Started to really happen like last year. Is that. So yeah, uh, notice big significant partners. You're kind of going to be having these like destined meetings with people. Mm. And you know, it could be in collaboration, business, love, any of those areas that are very, very transformative for you. So, so keep that in mind. There's a massively powerful eclipse on July 16th that hits very close to your sun. 
So this is going to be an extremely intense month for you, July. It's going to be huge. So that'll be happening. But we're already in that range. So, you know, starting at the end of May until August, you're going to be making some very big choices and changes. They're going to really, really culminate at this time. You're also likely to start a major, massive partnership, if you haven't already. Uh, so could this could that be something that he's already doing, someone he's already <laughs> with, or is it new? Uh, Eclipse is usually new. New? Uh, yeah, usually. Mm. But it could be a very significant go to the next level of things. Okay. Okay. Does any of that resonate with you? A lot of that does. I mean, for me, I'm going through a, a very interesting month in general. I have to make a decision on where I'm moving next and where I'm living. And if it's going to be with somebody or on my own and just kind of wait and see. And so I, I've been actually debating on literally I'm not sure what state and or what city I'm going to be living in. And I need to make a decision by the end of July. Oh, so well, kind there of funny it is. You, yeah, and it's funny, I get back into California to go through a couple of different places to tour a couple of places, a couple of rentals that I've seen, um, and that cutoff is the 15th of July, ironically. So, like, that decision kind of needs to be made literally mm-hmm. right then and there. Um, with regards to a couple of new partnerships, whether that's romantically or business-wise, you know, businessly, I've actually I connected with two different people recently where I'm working on two new projects, one for Netflix, um, and I have to like make a very big decision if I'm going to literally nosedive, like deep dive into this project, or and if I don't, then it just won't work. And so it's going to require a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time, but it could be um, professionally very interesting. And mm-hmm. something that you said earlier, like last year, things have already started to shift heavily for me in my own personal identity. And as it was stated, the first thing that you mentioned outside of So You Think You Can Dance, a TV show that'll go unnamed, I. I, I was a very active competitive dancer. I hold the world record for most wins out of any professional sport ever. And um, I announced my retirement at the end of last year around November 30th. Um, it was interesting because I took my first, uh, va- like not vacation per se, but I took my first day off ironically December the 7th, which you said was a very interesting mm-hmm. culminates earlier on. And um, for me, I'm, I have a new identity and in, in, or I'm figuring that out professionally where I go. Like I've turned down film, I've turned down some really big projects because what was most important is creating a competitive legacy first for me. I've turned down like TV shows and really big gigs because for me, my excellence is the one thing that I know that I'll always have. Like I'm never going to be the best looking or this, that, and the other, the most talented, but I will work the hardest and I will definitely put my all on the floor and I don't want father time to beat me. So I, I retired right at the peak of my powers at a fresh age of 35 and or 34. And here I am trying to figure out that next chapter of my professional career. So I've, I've recently, there's also a big decision. I need to sign a multimedia uh, contract that's been offered to me, which is like a digital dance education system that I've been offered like a very big role in. And so that is something that I'm literally having to figure out by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all of that literally mm-hmm. connects and in, in very seismic ways. Like I can't, I'm not even trying to pull like, mm-hmm. in trying to find a way to kind of make that puzzle piece fit, like, that totally, completely, not only makes sense. Well, a little creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's super there's creepy. Even, there's even more for you, though. So next year is going to be one of the biggest years of your life because Jupiter is going to be in your sun sign. So this is actually, so all the things right now you're doing, you're building to that. So starting in December, throughout all of next year, 
that is basically the beginning of the next 12 years of your life, the next chapter. So during that point in time, it's also going to be super powerful for partnerships because of the way that your specific chart is. You know, at this point in time, you're likely to get engaged, get married, move in, literally massive, massive things in relations to partners that have not happened before. And then also, you will be stepping onto into a whole new expanse before the world. So I'm so excited for you. I mean, legitimately, it's going to be so badass. When you say expansive, you say I'm going to gain a lot of weight. Like no. I'm really worried about that. Okay. All right. No. no uh, I need to like watch count my carbs or something like that. At this don't point. you okay. dare. No, okay. you're you're fine. Fair. You're fine. Fair. Okay. So then, some other career moments that I wanted to point out for you are the there's a new moon in this area on September 28th. So the mm-hmm. 10 days that follow that for you mm-hmm. are going to establish your career in 2020. Interesting. So really, really focus on la- taking actions. You know, one thing that people always think about, like, oh, I'm going to have these intentions of, you know, the things that I want to do. No, 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 no. Go out and do it. Even mm-hmm. if it's just making a phone call, sending a text, you know, sending an email, whatever that be, knocking on someone's door, connecting, mm-hmm. whatever it be. Because that's going to come and bring fruit to you in some way. Okay. So that's really crucial. Venus is a planet of magnetism and beauty, and it will be in this sector from September 14th until October 8th. So you're going to have more opportunity at this time to be more creative in your career. Mm-hmm. You're going to really feel the muse really tickling you and, and playing with you. And if you are looking to impress important VIPs or big people, they are going to just adore you at this time, even more than usual, because I know how charming you are. Oh, gosh, me? Trust trust me, I've I've witnessed all of it. Oh, dear. So, uh, the next thing is Mars is going to be in this area from October 4th until November 19th. So, when Mars, Mars is aggression, passion, fire, Mm -hmm. uh, force, when it's in this area of your career, it only hits this area for every two years. And it's going to give you, you're going to be able to make more progress in that amount of time then you will make it in two years. So you have to do everything you can in that time. Just knock things out so fast. Okay. So that's why I'm literally saying. So September 14th until November 19th, those are really crucial for establishing your entire career empire. Interesting. Yeah. That relates, like, on another level. Wow. Super relates. Yeah. Well, let's just say, Maybe. you know, go with Netflix. That's my advice. Go with Netflix, okay. So. I mean, you I mean, know. do it all. Do it yeah, all. Yeah, forget yeah. Netflix. Absolutely. Movie, all, of it. Oh, all of it. Well, no, all the projects. All the projects. Yeah. All the projects. All the yeah. dreams. Yes. Well, I am super thrilled to see what you do, too, actually. And next, we have an amazing segment, our final one, which is <laughs> our Bang Mary Kill Gemini season. Yeah. So this is the last one, I believe, of Gemini season. I think we're going to be jumping into Cancer season next. Mm. So today, for Bang, Mary, Kill, Gemini, Wentworth Miller, Zachary Kingsley, or Anderson Cooper. Whoa, this is good. Yeah, I, I was like, I was so proud of myself. Game it. I was like, game hell, yes. Yeah. I would bang. Okay, I, yeah. I, okay, so he's going to go first. Okay, fine. Wait, well, wait, wait. Okay, yeah. I just had to say, I read it, and I was like, well, none of them would do any of that with me. <laughs> so thank you I mean, for that. The vast majority of the time, we are talking about straight dudes. 
I mean, kind of. Like, maybe straight. <laughs> well, they've all played straight dudes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Exactly. All right, you go first. Okay, I think this is pretty easy. I'm definitely going to bang Wentworth, because I think he's super sexy. Prison mm-hmm. Break was definitely a big old fantasy of mine. I'd kill Zachary, because I'm not super attracted to him, but I think he's a very talented man. And I think that Anderson Cooper would be a very, even just hearing stories about him, would be a very great partner to have, so I'd marry him. Okay. Yeah. Easy. Easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm literally so on the same page about that. I mean, Anderson Cooper's an empire. I want to marry that. I'm all about an empire. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be... He's going to give me a ring. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I feel like I'm going to hang with... I'm going to bang with Miller. Yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do that. I'll, <laughs> I'll really... You know, at least... It long, hopefully for a couple hours. And then Zachary... Sorry, but... Okay. Well, I'm a little bit different, probably, because I'm a straight woman. Um, I am going to marry Wentworth, because who wouldn't want to wake up to that punum every single day? Punum. That punum. punum. I love it. In Yiddish, it means face, I think. It's the Jew in me coming out. Um, I mean, yeah, he's literally so hot. When I found out he was gay, I, I was like, oh, God, I'll never have a chance. But, you know... You guys, I think he's probably happily married or something at this point. For sure. They God all are uh, guaranteed. Actually, all three of them are. And I know that Zachary's dating, like, a, a model. Well, like he a was... a very Euro model, I think. Yeah. He like used that. to be with um, Jonathan Groff, didn't he? Um, you know, the Broadway. He's, like, on Broadway. Not mm-hmm. looking. Not anymore. Not he's, he's, like, an Insta model that I know he's yeah. dating right now. So, I'm going to bang Zachary because he's terrifying but probably amazing in bed. I mean, terrifying because I watch American Horror Story gotcha. and okay. um, uh, Heroes. He's always like really scary but hot and really fantastic eyebrows. And Anderson Cooper, you know what? Like he just doesn't do it for me. Mm. And I have my own empire, and I don't need competition. Yeah, you're kind of actually probably better in your career <laughs> by killing him. Yeah, right? it's like I will seduce yeah. him and then kill him because there can't be two of us. Well, I you know? the hell out of that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I just so, love the <laughs> strategies on this shit every week. <laughs> Let us know what you guys think. Who would you bang, marry, kill? Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Astro Kiki. We have had a fantastic time. Thank you so much for joining us, Benji. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. This was both very insightful, entertaining. It's making my brain spin. I'm sure this drive back up to the the airport right now is going to make me go a little crazy. But I'm excited. Excited for the future and excited to report back to see what happens. And good luck on your trip, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, where can everyone follow you and your journey on Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is through, um, you can go to my Facebook, facebook.com slash Benji Schwimmer. You can also do at Benji Schwimmer on Twitter or Instagram. Um, I'm more brand friendly. Mm -hmm. I don't have a Snapchat, so there might be a fake Benji Schwimmer. Don't don't do that, guys. Don't do that. It's not his penis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not my schlong. No, it's not. It might be my penis actually, and then just maybe they found it somehow and maybe. using it as like a, a live photo or something. Really exciting. Well, that's very rude. Well, it's totally rude, but it's totally possible. Yeah. <laughs> a little flattering, just a little. Don't right? say little, okay? Because you can't use that, that connotation. Just has some really bad connotations. So, yeah, no. It is huge. Sorry, it's I have huge. no idea. It's huge. Yes, it's huge. I'm going to let you guys take this one. Right yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week. And I'm Kyle Thomas, and you can follow me on Instagram at MRKyleThomas.
Thank you, guys. And make sure to follow Astro Kiki on um, Astro Kiki Radio on Instagram. It's a lot of good stuff on there. So, yeah. Bye, guys. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. Thank you.